Hi, this is Tim Golden of the Motown Philly Podcast here asking you an important question. Are you a woman survivor of childhood sexual abuse? If so, your voice is your strength and your healing journey starts now. Broken to Blessed, hosted by Michelle Hall, is the podcast designed specifically to serve you. Tune in to witness the remarkable transformation as survivors share how they reclaim their lives through the power of their voices. This podcast is your safe space to find your voice and thrive. Explore real stories of resilience, growth, and empowerment, and discover how your voice can be the key to unlocking your healing journey. Ready to rewrite your story? Subscribe today to Broken to Blessed with Michelle Hall on your favorite podcast platform, including Apple, Google, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Broken to Blessed, where your voice transforms your story and paves the way to a life of empowerment. And remember, life can get better. You just have to do the work. Hello and welcome to Season 2, Episode 3 of the Motown Philly Podcast, Episode 54 overall. I am Tim Golden, here with my co-host. It's Jason, guys. What's going on? Hey, hey, Jason Hall. That's right. Jason is the Motown in Motown Philly from the fabulous Motor City, Detroit, Michigan. And I, yours truly, Tim Bolden, and the Philly in Motown, Philly, from the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia. You know, Jason, I quoted in a recent opinion piece that I wrote for a Philadelphia newspaper. Shout out to the Philadelphia Citizen. Shout out to Philly. I quoted a Detroit, uh, a son of Detroit that I think it will make, has made done Detroit proud, and that is the late federal judge, Damon Key, who was a court of appeals judge on the United States Court of Appeals for the Sixth Circuit. He, he said in a uh, early, I think it was around 2005 or 2006 decision uh, of a case he was reviewing that, quote, democracies die behind closed doors. And I, I, I quoted that Detroiter, and I just said, you know what? This would make Jason proud. Mm-hmm. You know, I love the D, man. I know some good people from the D, man. I know Jason Hall. So listen, y'all, we here. Mm-hmm. We here. We here. Detroit, Philly, two great sports towns, and we like to think two great people. Uh, just, just we just out here. We're not special. We just out here trying to do what we can to help leave the world in a little bit of a better condition than when we found it. So Jay, man, listen, tell the folks how thankful we are for all the good things that are happening here at Motown Philly. Listen, guys, we just want to say thank you once more for tuning in to yet another episode. Tim and I are super excited about this season as we ramp it up with here episode number three that we're on so i just think right now about you guys tuning in 
Tim, we might just start giving shout outs, bro. There's some people who might be listening to us. And, uh, you know, y'all, you guys tune in. You might hear your name, some shout outs. Uh, Tarika, I'm putting you out there, girl. If you listen to this, you might get a shout out. So I'm not going to tell you we shouting you out. But uh, thanks for the love that you give us on the podcast. There's other listeners that listen to us. Uh, Brother Love, Demetrius Love, uh, others. Lewis, my boy, he listens a lot, who was one of my students and, and one of my coaching courses. Just, yo, we're just super excited about this year and what's in front of us. Uh, Tim and I got mad energy, y'all. We got mad energy because we are bubbling with the ideas to continue to help to make this podcast something that you want to listen to and even share with others so gratitude is overwhelming things have happened and are happening in tim's life that is absolutely amazing that things that he's been doing throughout the year uh that are kind of just really helping him as he continues to evolve and grow and impacting other people in their lives and and same with me and we're doing the work y'all Yo, when it comes to communication, connection, and community, this stuff can get hard and difficult. And Tim and I having these conversations with you guys helps us to stay honest. And the great gratitude that we share between each other. Tim, love you, man. Love you that we get a chance to do this thing together and and have conversations that resonate with people and change change as it changes our lives and the people who listen's lives. That helps them. We, if we can help you guys stay accountable, that's what we want to do in having these conversations that allow you guys to look inward. So we're super grateful. Uh, grab it, gratitude is abundant right now. Yo, take some of that gratitude, put it in your heart, put it in your pocket, share it with somebody else. Don't forget to be thankful tonight and in the morning when you wake up. So, Tim? Yes, Jay. Listen, I want to say my sentiments exactly, but it's so much more than sentiment. It is sentiment for sure because. I do feel gratitude. Gratitude is something that you feel. It's something that you can express emotionally. And and all of that is true. I just want to follow up on what you say by thanking you for helping me stick to principle, right? Which sometimes is not based on sentiment because doing the right thing is doing what you ought to do, not doing what you want to do. And I'm thankful that I get to do life with people, uh, yourself, of course, but all of my good friends and close friends. If I start naming names, I'm going to get in trouble. So I'm going to just say I'm grateful for the people who I have in my life who help further my commitment to my life's organizing principles, which are integrity, compassion, and gratitude, rather than pull me away from them. So I'm, I'm thankful for that thankful for the principles of my life thankful for you jason and so thankful for our listening audience we could not do this without you please keep listening keep sharing keep keep subscribing keep signing up for upload notifications and share as widely as as you can through all of your spheres of influence we we really appreciate it so here we are jason at season to episode three of the Motown Philly podcast. And today we're going to talk about something that is the kind of thing that you might want to, if your kids are around, you might want to send them into the other room because we're going to talk about 
sexuality and mm -hmm. communication. This ain't no kind of thing to make you blush or make you giggle. These are two grown men, two grown black men who are going to talk about a subject that is not talked about enough and we want to do it in a mature, responsible way. And so considering that maturity and responsibility are chief among our goals in this episode, I want to begin with this disclaimer. Jason and I are heterosexual black men. We can't help that. That's who we are, right? Mm -hmm. And we understand that, that, when, that when it comes to the issue of sexuality and sexual intimacy in intimate partner relationships, that at the level of the abstract, there are plenty of sexualities out there. We understand there are plenty of LGBTQ folks who are out there who might even be listening. We understand that they all have their own sort of disposition toward human sexuality. But Jason and I, because we are finite beings, we can't speak about every experience. We can only speak about our own. Right. And so this is not about us being bigoted or narrow-minded. It's about us being mature enough and responsible enough to understand the limitations of our own discourse. What you are going to hear in this episode is a discussion of two heterosexual black men about sexuality in intimate relationships, in marriage. Right. And because we have a certain religious background, both of us, that is Christian, we're going to talk about it in that context, right? So we don't want anyone to be offended that we're not addressing the myriad sexualities, the myriad masculinities that are out there. Because there's a masculinity. Gay men are certainly men, right? And they have a perspective on sexuality with their romantic partners. So we're not leaving, we're not, this conversation is not exclusionary. This conversation is a responsible conversation, a mature conversation that while it recognizes the existence of a variety of masculinities and sexualities, understands that because we are limited by our experience and because our experience is heterosexual and is informed in some sense by certain Christian traditions because of our background, our focus here is narrow. So this is a narrow conversation. So now that you done put the kids out the room, right? <laughs> now that you've got yourself, you know, like the old saying, you know, sex, now that I have your attention, right? So that's, here we go. So we got the pizza out, we got the wings out. Somebody might have a little drink on the counter. For me, I'm non-alcoholic. Jay might have a little shot in the head, but it's all good. A little shot in the Because we, because we at the crib. So, Jason, I went to another church event last Yo. week. 
Tim, you be going to these church events, bro. I went to another church event last weekend, and I really don't want y'all to think that we are picking on the church. We're not. Again, this is our, our emphasis on the church is in part a result of our experiences, right? Because we we have this religious tradition. So I went to this church event last week, and on Saturday, there was a panel, and the panel discussion was a discussion about marriage and how the church sort of views marriage and divorce around the world. And as part of the conversation, there was one panelist who said, marriage is hard and you don't skip married and get divorced because your spouse burns the food at breakfast or does this or does that. He mentioned two or three very trivial things and then lumping it in with the trivial things, he said, hey, you don't get divorced because your spouse won't have sex with you. And at that point, I gave a Scooby-Doo. I thought to myself, wow, that's, that's something. It's something that you would trivialize sexual intimacy in a marriage relationship by equating it with the ordinary pet peeves of everyday life that you actually sign up for when you get married. I was with this person all the way up until they made the reference about sex. Because let's face it, Jason, nobody's perfect. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. Right. When I was married, I'm sure I did a lot of things that got on my ex-wife's nerves. And I can guarantee you she did a lot of things that got on mine. But that's not why the marriage ended. The marriage didn't end, right? Because of the ordinary everyday pet peeves and idiosyncrasies that we sign up for. Marriages and mine did for reasons that were far beyond that. But I don't want to go into that because we've talked about that before. So as a heterosexual man, I'm listening to that. And I'm thinking to myself that one of the things that did in part lead to my divorce was this idea that my former spouse actually thought it was okay to withhold sexual intimacy in order to get me to do what she wanted me to do. And I'm just thinking just as a baseline, Jason, you're, again, you're a heterosexual male just like me. What do you make of this trivializing of sexual intimacy within a marriage relationship? Because I suspect that both of us see sex as pretty important. Can you talk about why you think it's so important and why you think it shouldn't be trivialized from a male point of view? So this is this can be a little bit of Pandora's box, um, but it's definitely coming from a standpoint of, as you mentioned before, heterosexual uh, male, black male, actually, who has Christian um, uh, roots, if you will, or religious roots um, that I was, you know, reared in. So 
the the lens of understanding relationship and how it is pertained to being with a woman was in a lot of ways colored through those through that perspective and and you know just vision of how things should be when it comes to a male female relationship intimate uh, married and things of that nature and men or women can use sex in a way to control the relationship and i don't know if we we I don't know if we're getting to the point where that is going to be the full uh, umbrella of this this conversation. It, it it won't be, from my point of view, it's probably more the idea that cultural norms of the society in which we've come from have placed the importance of sex, whether coming from a male or coming from a female, as unimportant and as you grow up in this life and have an opportunity to be married and really wake up to yourself talking about the self like like we did last week you understand that sex is not a trivial thing for a human being no guys this is not about a conversation that we're having about Yes, we're having it from a male point of view, but I want us to let you know that we are, Tim and I are make efforts to, to, to neutralize the playing field when it comes to male-female relationships. We're all in this together, y'all. It's not you against me and me against you. We're all in this together. But to understand as a whole that sex wasn't framed well for us. It was taboo. It wasn't talked about. We were looked to, we were... Like sex was something that was considered bad. That was the mindset. That was the idea. So when you fought, find yourself in a committed married relationship, sex can still can still be more or less the thing that you want to do, but it's not often explored, talked about, um, developed. Uh, th- various things that would be as I understand it now, and I think a lot of you guys who are listening and Tim does too, something that we can understand that when developed, when seen, when grown as a skill and knowing who you are and sharing that with someone else, not taken, but sharing that with someone else, it could be something beautiful. But that idea is not in, it is not something that is cultivated in the church. So when two people who are who mostly have been churched, especially from the generation where Tim and I came from, you're just you come into that space, not just with your body, but psychological and worldview and church view perspectives that can put you at odds to making the relationship something that is healthy and whole because sex is not a trivial thing. Going back to your main point, it is something that is when it comes to relational unity intimacy and togetherness and connection it is something that should be breathed between the two of you as if it was to give life to the two of you like sex isn't trivial it is essential and the understanding and the sharing of it from a perspective that is allows you to see see the other person um helps to afford 
a relationship that will grow in a way that is healthy. So sex isn't trivial. It is essential. And the holding back or the or the using it as an item, as a tool to have and or to have not, no matter who's playing that role, it's is something that's detrimental. And you can ignore it for a day, a week, a year, or decades. But if you're acting as if sex isn't important, you are lying to yourself and to the person that's in that you're in relationship with. So to answer your question, hell yeah, sex is as important as 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 breathing, bro. When it comes yeah. to relationships. Yeah, Jason. And I mean, what are we about here at Motown Philly? We're about communication, connection, and community. And sexual expression as Christian Christian as the Christian church teaches it is really supposed to be the only place in which this type of expression is permitted morally or spiritually and I've always thought excuse me I've always thought that it was a bit of a conundrum on one hand to relegate sexuality and all of its expressions to a monogamous relationship and then on the other hand dismiss it as trivial Be because, that, bro. okay because if you're gonna tell me that the spiritual and moral legitimacy of any expression of my human sexuality is relegated to a monogamous relationship legitimized and sanctified by a marriage ceremony that is supposed to continue for the rest of my life and then that means that my sexual interest and my sexual expression it means that any attempt to build communication connection and community in the most intimate way that two people can physically at least you're telling me that's restricted to that relationship and then if it is trivialized in the context of that relationship, particularly for a man who is said to have a sexual desire, a heterosexual man who's supposed to have a sexual desire that is stronger than a woman's. Typically. That's, that's not always the case. Right, typically, we, but not we, always. We acknowledge that. We acknowledge that it's not always the case. But to tell a man that is in some sense to tell a man that he really doesn't matter. That he is really unimportant. And I understand that there's a part of Christianity that demands self-denial. I get that. I understand that we're not to exalt the self. I, I totally understand that. 
But sometimes we have a habit of thinking that there is virtue in an excessive asceticism. And by asceticism, I mean an excessive self-denial. If I wanted to be celibate, I would not be married. <laughs> right. Right? That's part of the one of the benefits of marriage. Right? And this is the this is the conundrum that the church finds itself in. You 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 claim to promote marriage because one of the benefits of marriage is that you get to legitimize the the expression of your sexuality and then you turn around and you trivialize the sexuality within the marriage. Now I'm not talking about a spouse who undergoes a catastrophic injury or is is belabored in some way or beset by some difficulty that prevents them from from being sexual. I understand that, but this idea that we can just take it and manipulate it and play with it, whether you're a man or a woman, in order to get people to do what you want, is is really a problem. And it prevents the kinds of things that you wanna promote. So I just, I, I couldn't, it just raised a whole series of questions. And one of the questions it raised to me, Jason, here's where I'm gonna get myself in trouble, y'all is if, if how, you haven't if if you had if you hadn't already if i hadn't already i'm astonished at how we read our contemporary understanding of what marriage is into the scriptures unpack that marriage in the scriptures in the societies in the historical eras depicted in the Bible is nothing like what marriage is today. Right. In 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 the modern West. Right? In contemporary Western culture, marriage today is very different. And yet when we talk about marriage, we conflate the contemporary understanding of marriage with the biblical understanding of marriage and i'll just put it this way you can get married without the approval of the church but you can't get married without the approval of the state you can get married without the approval of the church but you cannot get married without the approval of the state yeah yes yes you can the church is irrelevant when it comes to marriage. the contemporary definition of marriage, whereas in biblical times, religious institutions dominated marriage. So that was a question I asked to the panel. I said, well, which definition of marriage does the church accept? The legal definition? Or does it accept the biblical or theological definition? And the answer I got was both. You're supposed to render unto Caesar what is Caesar's, and then you're supposed to render to God what's God's. So you're supposed to comply with the civil laws. And so if a, if a person does not have the approval of the state, 
then in the eyes of the church, that person is not married. So I, I kind of walked away thinking to myself, hmm, is what is that a is that a spiritual compromise? Because I'm trying to figure out how a couple who doesn't have a legal sanction for their marriage, and let's just keep it in within church guidelines, how a heterosexual couple doesn't have the approval of the church even though they've been together for decades they may have raised children together held themselves out as husband and wife refer to themselves as mr and mrs is that person that that couple was somehow less married than a couple who has a church wedding and has the approval of the state but whose marriage is spiritually and morally non-existent and i thought the church was supposed to commit to the spiritual and the moral over the secular and the legal but it doesn't seem like that's what the church does thoughts jay um again that's that is a lot um to to kind of pull apart i i think you make just a great point when it when you talk about what is marriage in the idea of and how it's looked under God or in the church um, versus how it's looked to state Um, you and I have talked about before in private and maybe on this podcast a few times where we think you know which one really matters when you take that step of when you take that step farther when two individuals are married in church or married in a church under God so to speak and they're legally married by the state and how they how one party potentially or the other or both let's just say one party or the both of them are not necessarily acting in the way that married couples should should be as far as the commitment as far as the fidelity as far as the the things that makes a relationship work but you know they they did the official ceremony in church they have the legal paper but the couple isn't really work, working and functioning as a a healthy functioning couple that you know that are actually treating each other in a very healthy way one could argue when um when infidelity or cheating pops up and one of the parties is not uh, treating the other one with the faithfulness that one should have in a committed relationship especially the one that's legal and in a church or not in a church just say whatever that's like is that truly a marriage well all the bookends look good but y'all in here y'all in here <laughs> y'all in here treating each other like trash in a lot of ways hurting each other and all and and all this um and all the things that just doesn't make make for a good relationship and it's just like what's really going on um you know yeah it's you guys are married but y'all killing each other if not physically um emotionally y'all damaging each other and y'all and y'all staying together people are witness it whether it's family whether it's the kids from under 
and they're looking at you guys and things are just not well and it goes on for a time and then you guys never officially do anything as far as divorce or 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 anything close to separation you just stay in the house and you call it a marriage but what's what's really going on one could challenge to be like yeah y'all married but the shit is toxic let's just call it what it is and um there could be some there could be some gray to that conversation but i just think when it comes to you know bringing it back home to what we're talking about you know sexuality in the church uh tim i just definitely do believe that especially our generation we grew up in a purity culture generation that has stifled our minds to think sex to be something trivial and when you're married and you're unfaithful and when you're married and what looks like fidelity inside a marriage relationship but you're but and people don't know but you're being heinous or cruel or or if you will treating sex as a tool or a a tool of punishment or withholding or things of that nature you just get into a realm where you might not have not have to go out and and cheat and to be deemed as someone who is being i'll say deviant if you will in the relationship or harming to the relationship but it's definitely things that happen inside that relationship if it's things like that are going on is detrimental for the connection and the, and the the things that help make a relationship work. So, um, Tim, it's just a, it's a lot there, bro. I have I have so much to say to that, Jason, and so much more that's going to get me in trouble. But I want to ask you a question, Jason. All right. As an entrepreneur, you need affordable, high quality advertising, don't you? <laughs> we sure do. And we're going to get right back to our conversation. But I just want to tell y'all that if you're an entrepreneur and you're in need of some affordable, high quality advertising to help you reach your financial goals, come and grow with us here at the Motown Philly podcast. Here at the Motown Philly podcast, we are growing and we want you to grow with us. We have three very affordable packages for advertising we have a starter package we have an elite package we have a premium package all of them are affordable all of them are reasonable and all of them give you access to your market with an expanding listening audience here at the motown philly podcast we have we are available on every major (coughs) excuse me i'm sorry we are available on every major podcast hosting site And our listening audience is expanding. We have listeners in New York, Los Angeles, and even internationally in the UK and in Africa. Again, we have a starter package, an elite package, and a premium package. You can get as much as six months of advertising for the price of only three months of advertising. So if you all want to learn more about how you you can grow your business here with us at Motown Philly, reach out to us by sending us an email at MotownPhillyCommunity at gmail.com. That's MotownPhillyCommunity, all one word, MotownPhillyCommunity at gmail.com. 
we're growing here at Motown Philly, and we want you to grow with us. Let's grow together. Let's make your business better. Let's get you some customers. Let's line your pocket, and you can help us to grow as we grow together. Yeah. So that said, thank you, folks, for indulging us in that little advertisement for our advertisements. <laughs> we have an ad about the ad. So, Jason, listen, let's get back to our conversation, man, because I'm sitting here listening to you and I'm thinking about this idea of sexuality in marriage. And I'm thinking of how in Christian communities, we are often confronted with the idea that there should be no sex before marriage. And that idea is often carried into the marriage with the so in other words what i'm saying is i think that the the prohibition on sex before marriage gets imported into the marriage mm -hmm. and the trivialization of sex or the avoidance of sex as something bad mm -hmm. is an idea that begins before you get married and it can somehow continue within the marriage if you are not careful to avoid the perception that sex is something to be avoided or that one of the parties can decide when you're worthy of it or when you're not worthy of it and I, and I don't want to again I don't like you said earlier I don't want to open Pandora's box but when you look at that reality in light of the whole question of league being legally married but spiritually and morally apart from one another and being morally and spiritually together but not being legally married is it not possible then and if the church is supposed to be committed to the moral and the spiritual over the legal then I'm wondering if it's possible to be legally married and be fornicated. Is that Bre possible? Break down fornication for the people, Chick. Fornication. <clears throat> so there's a prohibition against fornication, which we understand as, as sex outside of marriage, right? Or any sort of sexual uh, perversion outside of that relationship. What if you're legally married to someone, but the moral and spiritual side is non-existent? I mean, we can't seem to, we can't really suggest in good conscience that someone who is legally married is somehow not living in sin because there is a sexual relationship without the moral and the spiritual accountability and then say that two people who have moral and spiritual accountability but who are not legally married are somehow fornicated mm -hmm. because if that's what we're saying then i think that the church has to check its priorities 
Because if that's what we're saying, then the church is effectively exalting the legal and the secular above the moral and the spiritual. Now, I'm not trying to justify reckless sexual behavior. Let me just let me just say this. I believe in monogamy. I believe that the biblical prohibitions on fornication and sexual perversion, I you know, I buy in to all of that. I am raising questions about how the contemporary church understands sexuality outside of the legal union of marriage when there is a clear moral and spiritual commitment. I get it. Fornication is, is wrong because you're seeking pleasure without responsibility. I understand that. But does that responsibility have to be legal? I mean, if if don't we really want people who because if you're committed to moral and spiritual concerns, then the law really becomes secondary. The law is something that's sort of external. So I, I'm just wondering how much this view of sexuality outside of marriage is sort of confused and and i'm just raising the question of whether the church is more committed to secular law than it is committed to moral and spiritual principles of community of responsibility because that's what i thought the church was supposed to be about jay I think we can look at the word fornication from this is from my recollection recollection um, as nefarious acts of sex outside of just period. I'm not going to even call it outside of outside of marriage um, sometimes. And this is what I don't think the Bible talks about. The Bible doesn't say anything, any it says uh, it talks about adultery, which is different from fornication. I don't think adultery, and somebody can fact check me, that adultery is those two equal. Like Tim, tell me if I'm wrong. Does that is adultery, fornication? Is that is that are those equal equal words? Well, I think adultery sort of presupposes fornication, but fornication does not necessarily presuppose adultery. Okay, if y'all get that, y'all get what he's saying. Right. In other uh, words, adultery, for, for fornication is almost included in adultery, <laughs> but the reverse is not true. I think right. one can fornicate without being an adulterer, okay. unless, of course, you include one's relationship with with God, in which you could argue that that one is uh, is not being faithful to God. But I think if we're talking about interpersonal relationships i think that adultery assumes fornication but fornication does not necessarily assume adultery in the same sense right um and with that being said as tim talked about the pre 
ambition prohibition of not having sex and not having sex prior to marriage and or you know or out of marriage outside of the marriage realm especially as you were growing up in a church like uh, similar to what we did or, or we had we can just really struggle with the idea of understanding which this conversation is about your sexuality like let's not separate what is human which is our sexual um our innate innate sexual desires um the the idea of exploring uh something that is a part of who we are not ignoring i'm i'm with tim not being necessarily reckless with it um, harming yourself or harm intentions of harming someone else but it's really taking the uh, taking the time to understand that you are a sexual being just like you like to um to do things when it comes to enjoying life from a perspective of a human being whether you like to go run whether you like to go to the beach whether you like to like these things i'm not putting those two on the same level but understanding the exploration of the self and what is what comes with being a human being your palate developing it understanding how what things you like to eat understanding what environments that you thrive in understanding that sex is our having or the ability to have sex is a gift to be a, a, a human being and to have expression in that you can see you can see uh mere animals having sex and i don't think they they sitting back smoking a cigarette <laughs> about yeah that was good it's an act for them but the point is if you're an adult and you can experience um a a relationship with someone of of who you have a, a loving you're who you consider to be a loving partner and you can open yourself up and to be vulnerable with them and understanding that you're doing it um in a way that is um, careful to consider that per- person, that whole that whole person that's in front of you. Um, one could argue that you are not fornicating. You're actually um, you're actually experiencing sex as a human being and sharing it with someone else. Uh, we just grew up in a way that uh, sex was taboo. We never even had opportunity to really, truly un- understand what that is. Tim, I I, I co-sign with you with the with with uh, with the idea of monogamy it can it can help foster a level of health a level a level of sanity if you will <laughs> when it comes to dealing with the self as opposed to having multiple partners and there's a lot of m- mixed emotions and feelings that can go with that or you will turn off your your emotions which i don't necessarily recommend one do as a human being to have engagement with somebody but i'm also not going to look at somebody as them being wrong especially um if their intentions are are, are you know are if they're in a mindset of exploration with not with the intentions not to harm i think that those things are are pure but the point is you always want to be connected to yourself and engage with another person with with good intentions and making sure that there is nothing that you're hiding as you go into an act of intimacy. And I, I think when it comes to the environment that we grew up in, it never afforded, and of course, it never afforded that, it never talked about the idea 
of anything uh, that that would allow the 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 exploration, even if it's just on a mental plane, before you even get into a committed relationship as to what is truly sexuality? How do I, how does that work in the human experience? Because it was shunned. It was, it was talked down upon. We talk bad about our own bodies. And this thing is something that it, that comes with this the human experience, but we only can experience it with someone who might be, you know, underdeveloped as well when it comes to the experience of sex. Like sex is just guys, what we're talking about here is 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 a, a panacea, if you will, <laughs> of of multiple facets of the idea of how does one navigate sex? Um, coming from a world and where Tim and I came in and we we sit here and contend to say that we believe that how we grew up in the eyes under the umbrella of what Christian society and world and the world that we came out of or have grow, evolved from wasn't necessarily healthy and that's why Tim stood before a, a bunch of people on last weekend and he came up with a question and they trivialized what sex is and this was probably an older couple they had been together and the guy was the guy was just kind of thinking about sex as an after thought of the relationship when it's sex is actually a very essential part of a healthy relationship yeah and i don't i don't want anyone to misunderstand us right i don't want you to walk away from this conversation or this episode thinking oh my gosh they're promoting sort of reckless sexual behavior and what if you get married and you just don't feel like it at times, right? Everybody's right. not always going to feel like doing... I, I'm not saying that every day, if you're married, if you're part of a married couple, that you're going to feel like doing it every day or that you're going to... That every day you're going to be in such a romantic mood that you that's something you actually want to do. No, I understand that. I understand that that's the reality of everyday life. It sets in. It, you know, women have children and, you know, then the responsibilities get geared towards the children and so forth and so on. But I will say, so I understand all of that. But I will say that it's important to, it. that's just how easy it can be to forget about it. That's how easy it can be to put it on the back burner, right? Because life overwhelms us. But it, I think in, in that sense, it's just like anything else. If you went through a whole day and you hadn't eaten, mm -hmm. right? You would at some point say to yourself, oh my gosh, I'm hungry. I need to stop and eat. You wouldn't go days or weeks or months or years or decades without food would you i don't think so i think at some point you would say i have to stop and address this and i think the point of our conversation in this episode is to say that 
human sexuality in the context in which the church promotes it demands a greater level of attention than what it now receives. Yeah. It demands that at some point the 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 rigors and the ups and downs and the ins and outs of life, everyday life notwithstanding, at some point, just like how you say, I got to sit down and have something to eat. And you're going to have to say to yourself at some point, I need to invest in my relationship with my spouse. And I need to make that a priority. Yeah. Right. Because because the default is that you look up and your kids are grown and they're out of the house and you can't remember the last time you felt any inkling of sexual attraction to your partner and you look at each other and you say, who are you? And you end up divorced, <laughs> right? That's, and, and so if you can think with us in that context, I think you can get a better understanding of where we're coming from. Neither one of us are advocating any sort of reckless sexual ethic that you could just go around and sleep with. We're not talking about hurting people. We're not talking about manipulation. We're not talking about doing people harm. We're addressing the specific problem of so many Christian churches that on one hand relegates human sexuality to a monogamous relationship and then on the other hand, trivializes human sexuality within the context of that relationship. That's a problem. And that's something we ought to stay away from. So that's that's what I think when I think about it, Jason. It's it's a real conundrum. And, and I would hope that as we consider it, we can think of some ways to grow beyond our current position right because if we really want communication connection and community that's what we have to do and and i'm sorry go ahead go ahead no it's just it's just true um when you think about when you think about kids growing up uh whether they're growing up in a church environment and for this idea uh i have children who grew up in the church em environment and it's just like what do i want them to know that i didn't know well here's the thing i didn't know shit i didn't know nothing <laughs> i didn't know anything that was taught for me from a church environment so i go into a marriage relationship and and we struggle i struggle as far as trying to forge what is connection i'm sure there was mindsets and ideologies that i gleaned from the church or the lack thereof and that uh, my partner at the time also had gleaned and we were in a lot of ways at odds uh, in that area and never really got to the pinnacle of what was what we could have been um in in the sexual relationship guys understand that sex is a whole other a whole ass other relationship inside of a relationship that needs to be explored but guess what when we talk about communication connection and community if we're trying to understand the self of, of sexuality, and if we have no clue about what that is, how can we first connect or communicate with ourselves about some about sexuality? Because we have we have never been encouraged to do such a thing 
and how can we then connect with ourselves when it comes to sexuality when we've never been a encouraged to do so and then have proper community with ourselves when we've never been encouraged to do so and then get into a relationship expect to do the same way do the same thing because i don't know myself sex is in a sexual way how can i then relate or be relative uh, um to my spouse at the same time or to my partner at the same time because i have never yet truly explored and understood myself from a communicative point of view like what is my body saying what is it asking for what are its needs whatever it wants what are the likes of it you know what i'm saying and then uh, through that por portal of connection or communication you want to forge connection that's how you can finally connect with somebody else but if you don't know yourself how are you going to do that so it's, a, it's it, and then it goes in the then forging that community with that with that person and creating in that community with the ideas of what sex can can be and things of that nature but if you've never had that i think i look at my kids and i see how much um that idea of the self is not talked about or or not really taught from a from a healthy standpoint because it, it needs to be taboo you need to keep your stuff in your pants and we don't need to be having babies and and uh, you know, kill the flesh, um, all these different things that doesn't afford individuals to get to know them, their whole self. Yeah, these things can allow a child to grow up just in a lot of ways, um, ignorant to themselves and then puts them out in the world to, in, a, in essence, struggle when it comes to intimacy and with, with themselves in relation to someone else. So, it's a big thing and I'm mindful of that as I raise my kids because honestly it's not the church it's not the church's um it's not the church's job to do with my what I'm supposed to do but you would hope that that's an environment that they like that the kids are in our kids my kids are in and I was in and you would hope that maybe some they would glean something but the idea is they don't glean anything actually they do glean something but it's not nothing really healthy when it comes to what sex is and so it's my job and it's a job of the community that I surround my kids with to at least start having the conversation of how to be a healthy sexual being because that's who the hell we are and when we ignore it that's that's ignoring ourselves and it leads us down a, a blind pathway uh, I'm not going to say of no return but of many bumps bruises uh, uh, fallings failings if you will and opportunities not to to really thrive as a human being. So Jay, I want to I want to help us come in and land this plane here and I want to I want to pivot off of something you just said a moment ago. Mm -hmm. I like what you said because you spoke of you accepting the responsibility of making sure that your children are properly educated in the way of understanding themselves as sexual beings. Throughout our conversation today, we've been talking about the church and we've used the phraseology of the church and the church this and the church that. And I think by the church, what we've been talking about is Christendom generally. Mm -hmm. I will I will say this, however, that a lot of what we're talking about and certainly our tradition in Christianity has been a Protestant tradition. And it's fascinating to me the way that the church 
many Protestant churches come into existence because of complaints about totalitarian inclinations of the papacy mm. and then turn around and become totalitarian themselves. It is almost as though the church has become the very thing that it protested against in the first place. And the church is in no real position to do that. The church is in no position to do that, Jason, precisely because the reason that civil government is involved in marriage in the first place is because the church cannot be trusted to regulate marriage on its own. <laughs> Imagine if the only way for you to get divorced or to get child support was to go before your local church authorities. People in the church have trouble getting child support from government agencies. Imagine the scandalous behavior of the church toward someone because of some sort of skullduggery that was said and some sort of machinations and, and some sort of chicanery, right? That's going on and somebody's reputation is sullied and the church has said, well, you're to a woman, you're not entitled to child support. You think we have a problem now? Imagine if the civil government decided to withdraw all of its influence in marriage and nullified all laws related to domestic relations so that marriage and divorce were entirely left up to religious communities. You think women and children were oppressed in the Bible? Imagine how bad it would be today. So the church is in no moral position to speak of any of its authority over what people ought to do or what they ought not to do because the church just does not have clean hands in this in this arena. Hmm. So I think as we move forward, folks, I just want y'all to build communication, connection, and community. And what I love about what you said, Jason, is that you in in you have reclaimed the power of your own wisdom and instruction towards your children from a religious entity to yourself and the experience that you can offer your children, the wisdom, the maturity, the understanding that you have as a uh, yourself, the mistakes that you've made as a sexual being, to accept the responsibility to transmit that fully to your children, I say is an achievement that is worthy of admiration and worthy of replication elsewhere throughout people in Christian communities. Don't just rely on the church this, the church that, the Bible says this, the Bible says that, and you're not really relying on interpretations of the Bible as, as you understand them. You're relying on interpretations of the Bible that come from some entity. Mm -hmm. 
which may or may not be accurate. An entity which itself can't be trusted morally and spiritually to regulate the institution of marriage on its own. A church that, an institution that has become the very thing it protested in the first place. So y'all just, just get it together. That's all. Yeah. Get it together. I think my summary is when you think about sexuality, which is the truth, which is the theme of this podcast and how you couched it in the beginning as someone in this environment thinking about or acting as if sex is kind of, you know, trivial, kind of a sidebar issue when it comes to a true relationship. I want to say that it's just it's just healthier to really understand that you and sexuality, me and sexuality, that it, it is important to the human experience and it should never be discounted in any community, whether it's a church community or any other community when it comes to to because when you to a per when it comes to a person because when you do that you're you're pushing down and you're discounting the person as if that like as if it made as if it made no difference and as you spoke about in your experience and I know in my experience it is something that is a part especially when you make when you are like you you mentioned spiritually and morally connected to someone forget the forget what the law says it's just like the pure honesty of the soul and the heart when it comes to how i want to be with this person how i want to connect with this person how we decide to relate together with this with this person um and being open honest uh, and intentional about not hurting that person and understanding like, yo, how can we make the best experience with each other that is holding each other in a space and a light that is only able, that would only allow us to lift them up and not push them down. And sex is a major part of that because that's ho- that's how we are. That's how we're created. That's who we are. And to downplay that is to downplay play my humanity. And don't do that. Don't do that's that. Right. That's right, Jason. I love that. I love that. And let me say this, just one last point so that nobody leaves here with any misunderstandings. It is not the case that the legal aspects of marriage are unimportant. It is just, I think, our position that they ought not be primary when considering issues surrounding sex and sexuality and that sort of thing, right? Mm -hmm. I think the two people who genuinely do have a moral and spiritual connection and who are morally and spiritually accountable to one another in the way that the Bible contemplates Mm -hmm. marriage, if they see benefits civilly in legally recognizing their marriage, then sure, they ought to do that. Mm -hmm. But the legal aspects of marriage ought not be the primary thing that drives you to go before the justice of the peace. 
if you want to get married and have it recognized in church and have it recognized in the state, that's fine. Just make sure you don't lose sight of which one is most important. And so I think with that, Jay, wow, we covered some ground today. We did. Let me, let me, good topic. Let me ask you this, man. Where can people find you, Jay? You guys can find me in two main places. You can find me on Instagram at the speakers mechanic. That's on Instagram at the speakers mechanic and on LinkedIn, Jason Hall, communication skills coach. I help entrepreneurs and business owners communicate well, whether it's speaking from the front or speaking about their product and being able to share their message about who they are and what they what service they render to to the populace at large in the most effective way. If you're having difficulties with confidence, you're having difficulties with clarity, if you're having difficulties with doing the thing that communicates your brand, yo, hit me up at Jason Hall on LinkedIn. Yo, Tim, where can we find you? You can find me on Instagram at a good golden man. There you will see my mantra for my life, integrity, compassion, gratitude and you will see a link in my bio to the Motown Philly podcast so you can check me out there you can check me out on X formerly known as Twitter at DRTJ Golden ESQ check me out there because I just changed my profile pic just changed my cover pic trying to step up my X game slash Twitter game so you can check me out on X or Twitter Again, at DRTJ Golden ESQ. And last but not least, you can check me out on Facebook at Tim Golden. Three things in life are certain, folks. Death, taxes, and yours truly is the only black man in Walla Walla, Washington, named Tim Golden. You could take that check to the bank. It ain't fitting to bounce. Hey, Jay, listen, I'm grateful for another episode, season two, episode three. Keep growing with us, y'all. Keep staying with us. Keep hanging in there with us because we got some dope guests the rest of this year. I'm not going to say y'all just got to hang in there. Y'all got to subscribe, get those upload notifications. Y'all got to go into the Motown Philly podcast Facebook group, interact with us. We post the episodes there. But please share them from there, listen to them, disseminate them widely. Look, folks, we're all about making the world a better place. It's about communication, connection, community. And until next week's episode, I do believe, Jay, that we are out of here like Vladimir. Peace. Peace.